My name's Lorraine Atherton and I'm the Workforce Innovation Manager here at ELHT. Thanks for joining us today in one of our podcast series about the Trust Behaviour Framework. Joining me today are Martin Pugh and Jane Butcher. We're here today to talk about the Trust Behaviour Framework, which was launched back in September 2021 as part of our Inclusion Week celebrations. The framework is a core set of behaviours which define how we should approach our work. So this is about how we do things, what we say, how we say it, how we treat others and how we expect to be treated. These behaviours will help us achieve the trust's ambitions to deliver safe, personal and effective care for our patients and, really importantly, make ELHT a really great place for us all to work. In this episode, we're going to talk about the behaviours that sit under the building trust and respect. So, first of all, Martin, Jane, can I just ask you to both quickly introduce yourselves and explain your role at the Trust? Hi, hi Lorraine. Uh, I'm Jane Butcher. I am the Freedom Speak Up Guardian, also known as Staff Guardian at East Lancashire Hospitals Trust. I've worked here in this role for around five years and I've been at the organisation for 26 years. I'm Martin Pugh. I work in the corporate governance team here at the Trust and I'm also the chair of the LGBTQ plus staff network. Brilliant. Thanks both. It's really lovely to have you here. So I'm just going to ask you both really as an introduction just to talk about why you think building trust and respect is is important. Um, Jane, can I start with you? I would say that building trust and respect uh, amongst colleagues, amongst people that you work with is of high importance really because it then opens up to a more open and honest, uh, safe environment if you've got any concerns. Also, it benefits working relationships, got that trust and respect to colleagues and ultimately, you know, that leads to the patient's care, the patient's pathway and their experience. It gives itself to more fairness as well and I expect that you know, a lot of leaders that actually role model trust and respect and the behaviours that are in that have got quite a open relationship with their staff members and a more open relationships with their staff that, that gives for a safer environment for staff to be part of that team and to be included within that team and feel included. Completely agree with all of that. Mar- Martin, do you share Jane's views? Have you got a different take on it? No, I absolutely agree with everything Jane said then. F- for me, I think that if you can increase and improve your trust and respect at work, it helps between teams, it helps your colleagues because they know that you can get on with your job. They know that it's in capable hands. It'll improve communication because you've got no concerns that if you ask somebody to do something, it's not going to get done. It helps morale, to be honest. You trust people, you know that things will happen. When there isn't the trust, that's when you've got issues. It's when things start to break down. Yeah, really important. Um, I like what you said there, Martin, about this kind of increasing working between teams as well. I, I think that's really important. And I think what we've seen over the last kind of two years um, with, with COVID is is a lot of that. I mean, there is, mm-hmm. there's been generally lots and lots of trust and respect and people having to work outside their team and get to know new teams, all for the, all for the kind of good of our patients and, and trying to get through the pandemic. So I think that's really important. Another part of the trust and respect behaviours within the framework talk about um, us being compassionate and inclusive and particularly around challenging disrespectful or discriminatory behaviours. Martin, I know you mentioned that you're involved with the Trust's Inclusion Network and um, specifically chairing our LGBTQ plus group. Can you just talk to us a little bit about why compassion and inclusivity is so important? I think we see lots of it, but what I'm perhaps not so sure is that we're, we're very good at calling out people who 
don't um, display those behaviours. So just talk a little bit about compassion and inclusivity, please. Compassion and inclusivity is at the heart of what the trust is about, really. We're here uh, not only for patients, but for each other. And if you can't be yourself at work, if you feel that you've got to hide part of yourself, you're not going to be able to give 100% to the place. When you see people being disrespectful or not treating people the way that you think that they should be treated, if you don't speak up, if you don't say something, it's ultimately going to create a bit of a toxic work culture. You're going to end up with people leaving the trust. You'll have people which just feel that this isn't a place that they can stay any longer. If you challenge these behaviours though, you may find that some people don't really know that this isn't the way that they should be, that things that they're saying aren't acceptable at work. Communication, it's its vital really. It goes back to building trust and respect. If you're able to speak up and say that this isn't acceptable, not just for yourself, but for colleagues, for patients, for visitors. Brilliant. Thanks, Martin. I completely agree with, with what you said as well. I mean, I think misunderstanding can occur and people get do get things wrong but I think generally speaking what we see is people don't come to work to do a bad job people don't come to work to kind of fall out with each other or deliberately be disrespectful towards each other or discriminatory and I think sometimes it's just lack of awareness so even gently calling out people's behavior and just giving them the right language to use or a different perspective um, can often be really helpful Jane that kind of ties me into the question that I was going to ask you I mean, obviously, on any given day, you work with many, many colleagues, managers and right up to our senior execs on a day to day basis. You must have some real examples of through the work that you do, what happens when we do recognise and value each other. And of course, sometimes what, what can go wrong when we don't? I think we talk quite a lot in this organisation about compassionate leadership and the behaviour framework that we've now wrapped around uh, elements of compassion is a really useful tool and you know areas are starting to use that tool now and you can see that there's that kind of like Martin alluded to the morale is lifting communication needs to be a lot better in the compassionate element because if we don't communicate with one another we can't necessarily always offer compassion I think that there is a lack of education as well that Martin was talking about sometimes that where people are using language or behaviours or not being compassionate it may be that there's just that lack of understanding that lack of education and I think that we must build it within people to be able to challenge and to be able to ask questions if they're unsure as well and to seek out to ensure that they are inclusive with the staff members and patients alike I think that if a leader if anybody walks past inappropriate behaviours or somebody not being compassionate and ignores it then for me they're in agreement with it because they should absolutely challenge it at that time. Thanks Jane um, and I think you're right I think a key point about what you said there is if the framework does anything what it should do is give people permission to ask questions um, because we don't all know we don't all get it right all of the time uh, there is sometimes that lack of understanding people might need to educate themselves um, and I think the whole spirit of this behaviour framework is you know when you look at some of the other categories it, it is about your own development it is about not being afraid to say I don't know enough about that or I'm really sorry I might get this wrong but but yeah. taking some responsibility so I think I think that's a really good point just just leading on from that I suppose the framework also asks 
podcasts is to support and listen to each other and I think especially over the last couple of years that they've been really challenging and and that notion of listening to each other and supporting each other has become more and more important. Martin have you got any examples from from your work um, either within your team or across the network group where you've seen colleagues that have genuinely listened to each other and supported each other and it's had a really positive impact? The last two years have been as you say very difficult and you can see the stress that it's caused people but I feel that taking a bit of time out just to even just sit down with your colleagues and just have a cuppa and just ask them is everything all right anything you want to talk about it's just a really good way of opening up and allowing people to say what's on the mind it has been difficult and I feel that for some people they'll keep it bottled up until it gets to a point where it just can't be stored any longer I've seen and you know I encourage everyone if if you if you ever want someone to talk to give me just contact me because I'm quite happy to sit down and have a have a brew with you and just let you unload talk to your colleagues talk to people around you let them know because people will see a change in you but they might not want to say something because they don't want to offend but people do want to help I've I've noticed this over the past couple of years. I've I've seen it before, but I do feel that since the start of the pandemic, the teams within the trust and colleagues do seem to have gelled together a lot more, um, been more supportive, whilst at the same time facing a lot of difficulties themselves. Yeah, absolutely right, Martin. I think, and, and I think what we've done across the trust wherever we can is kind of set up fairly formal, informal mechanisms for people to get some support and, and sit and listen. I know our chaplaincy team have been really good at supporting that, but I, I think there's nothing like sometimes, like you say, just being kind of nabbed by a colleague and saying, look, shall we just go and have a brew? That, that one-to-one relationship building is really important. as well as all the informal stuff your team have been really involved haven't they over the last two years about you know going out and working with teams who just want to be listened to and to be supportive just just to kind of get through busy days busy shifts do you want to talk to us a little bit about what you've seen in your role there is the support there within the trust i think awareness of the support like martin says isn't necessarily always known via you know with through every member of staff and i think that it's giving people that courage to just speak up just to reach out just to say something and then obviously that support can be wrapped around them i think though it's also from anybody recognizing a colleague is maybe a bit quieter or maybe they're a bit more stressed than normal and just pulling them to one side and asking are they okay it's as simple as that and then that may then lead into some kind of you know you're sitting down having a conversation having a brew and listening to somebody we get a lot of people that come to us just to offload just to let it all out and that's fine that's perfectly fine and sometimes they don't want us to do anything with it I'd say about 80% of our concerns relate to communication and misunderstanding, assumed lack of support when actually if they tell us that they're feeling that they've got that lack of support from the managers, I think that once the managers are alerted to that, it's a kind of surprise because they think they're supporting and then maybe they're not necessarily supporting because they're missing the listening element. Uh, so the listening element of it is absolutely crucial but we've got to encourage that space and that time and it's got to be a safe space and obviously it is my job and my team's job to sit down and listen so it is our day job so hence that's why uh, you know we encourage staff to come and speak to us and talk to us even if they just want somebody to listen and then in turn what we can do is then 
we can make sure that our trust board and all our senior managers are aware of what our staff are kind of saying in that kind of way. So we did a lot of work uh, with yourselves on the behavioural framework. So we were heavily involved in that and that came from over 1400 staff that have spoken out and, you know, a golden thread throughout that has been sometimes lack of respect, lack of trust, lack of compassion. Uh, so for us, this is an absolutely fantastic tool that will, you know, reach through all of our concerns. Brilliant. Thanks, Jane. I'm just going to pick up probably my final point, really. The, the point that you made there about managers and colleagues are often surprised, you know, when you feedback that perhaps um, their teams feel that communication isn't good or lack of support. Um, and you talked there a little bit about them perhaps not being very good at listening and also mentioned kind of valuing them out of this framework also comes the, the real importance of valuing individuals and giving praise and often that's just saying thank you and I think that's a key thread that will also come out over the next few weeks in some of the feedback that we've got from staff survey. So just, just talk to us about the difference that that can make. So teams that you've worked with where managers have perhaps, you know, realised that it, it's not big grand gestures, you know, we can't take away the patients at the door, we can't make shifts any easier, but sometimes just that recognition and saying thank you and giving praise to people and valuing them makes a real difference, doesn't it? Yeah, I think visibility makes a big difference as well because we can send an email out to all our staff, can't we, saying thank you. And it, you know, that does work, that that does touch people, and people are often grateful that they're being thanked and that but visibility from senior teams out there is really key as well because to be thanked face to face for what you're doing is so valuable. Uh, I think the wellbeing team now have got some really nice cards that you can give to one another that says, you know, you're doing a great job, thank you. But I think the personal touch as well, uh, you know, the end of a day to thank somebody for their shift or, you know, to thank your manager for the support, it works both ways. I do think that when people aren't thanked or people aren't given praise and they're just criticised, then that absolutely drives that low morale feeling and that I don't want to come to work kind of feeling. One of our uh, key principles within our role as Freedom Speak Up Guardians is that anybody who raises a concern, the first thing that we do is thank them. So we would ask within the organisation, and obviously it does it does happen, that when people raise concerns directly with their managers or colleagues, that again they are thanked. And I think that just gives you that safe environment for raising concerns. I think with the change of working over the past few years as well, that's had a bit of an impact on how we thank people and how we talk to each other in teams as well. There's a lot more home working than there used to be. We used to see people in the office all the time, but now some people have worked from home for the past few years. And I think regular one-to-ones with your line manager, team catch-ups like every morning or afternoon, I think they're really important so that people can talk to each other and get feedback and praise from it. I think that when that doesn't happen, that's when you're going to see low morale come through. The clinical staff at the hospital, we've seen a lot of the senior managers go around and praise them and A&E and ED, urgent care centres, it's really busy out there. It's it's difficult. Um, I visited it myself a few weeks ago as a, a patient and I just thought, you know, this is busy and I was just amazed at how upbeat everyone was to be honest you know they were getting on with the jobs they were they were working hard but they were positive about it and i had to, you know I, I gave um compliments back afterwards because i was just surprised at how positive people were while still facing massive challenges with everything going on giving feedback is important and it's from that that we will make a difference as part of the network as well we are trying to make a difference that way 
we're raising awareness of issues faced by colleagues in the LGBTQ plus community and challenges that they may face um, on a day-to-day basis and it can be it can be difficult at times trying to resolve some of these but if they feel that they're able to be themselves at work then we'll be able to make that change. Thanks Martin Um, I think I really liked what you said actually it kind of pulled all of this together didn't it that all of this stuff about listening to each other appreciating each other valuing each other giving praise saying thanks it if it's going to be effective and if we're going to really have an impact on how people feel at work that has to be done at every level so you're absolutely right i mean martin and members of the execs are out and about um, on a weekly basis now trying to get to our wards and our really you know our crunch areas like urgent care centers and, and a and e and that's all well and good but actually that needs to be happening at every level of the organization so like you said within teams whether they're remote teams or people just getting together within one-to-ones with managers and with colleagues as well just asking people how they are and giving them some support or thanking them for a job well done so I think if we get this right it should be at every every level in the organisation and it is what our inclusion groups are also trying to do so to perhaps give people a voice and to value them that perhaps don't feel valued or feel like they, they need a voice in a, in a safe space which is obviously what the network groups are trying to do. And what we've done as guardians uh, to remove those kind of barriers for staff speaking up in a safe environment is we've recruited our champions from the uh, networks so LGBTQ plus BAME network, disability networks so that that there is that kind of recognition with somebody who may have a more of an understanding of an issue that you may have, especially if it's around inclusivity. Obviously, we've got that extra layer of champions there who people can identify with, and hopefully that will make them feel that safer to speaking up as well to raise any issues they may have. Brilliant. Thanks, Jane. I know we've pushed that a little bit, but I do think the examples that you gave of, you know, where we get trust and respect right and where we don't get it right is really important. And often people will come to you as the first point of contact to talk about that. So I think just just promoting your services a bit really fits. So thanks to both of you for um, joining me today. I really appreciate your support and time for taking part in this podcast. It's been genuinely interesting to hear how um, you feel the behaviour framework can help us to be successful and to continue to, to build a really great place to work at LHT. Thanks Martin, thanks Jane and thanks to you for taking time for listening. Um, There is a number of podcasts on different aspects of the behaviour framework in this series and they will be released over the coming weeks so please listen out for those. Thank you.